0: Hey! Hi! Hello! And welcome to the after party. Our first after party in a world without any bad Tuesdays. Oh God! It's here. (laughs) Brandon, are you okay? Brandon, you had to crank out three episodes in the last three weeks. How are you feeling?
1: Surprisingly, I actually, uh, with more deadlines, I'm editing faster and and more on time. (laughs) Oh,
2: just don't burn yourself out. That's all we care about.
1: No, I've like I got this last episode that y'all haven't heard yet, audience. Edited in like two days.
0: Yeah. Hot damn. That's cool. Huge for us.
3: Yeah. I do like the idea that you keep making them 69 minutes (laughs) which I find funny. Brandon does keep making
0: the draft 69 minutes which (laughs) is (laughs) really funny because usually a little peek behind the curtain Brandon will edit the episode a week or so ahead of time which is awesome we listen to it and give any notes if we have them and then a few days before the episode goes out either Eric or I will record the ad like the mid-roll and the ads and the you know the patron names and stuff like that so Brandon leaves a placeholder and Brandon it's in your control how long the placeholder is so <laughs> are you i mean are you gonna change it up and put in the devil's number anytime and six minutes
1: that's honestly i have never thought about that amanda uh <laughs> think about but it. now i will be doing that
0: the satanic planet is chic
1: <laughs> sadly this last episode that that's that i just sent to y'all has no place for the mid really yet because i wasn't sure where i wanted to put it so it's going to change
0: thick rip. but we do have more content than ever to cover in a single after party three episodes instead of our usual two. So I think let's arrange things by giving us all a little refresher on what happened in each episode. We'll go through it and mm. then at the end we'll get to some audience questions about like our games characters, life podcasting and we'll see how it goes
1: We'll call this Brando's memory corner. <laughs>
0: To
2: remind Brandon (laughs) what happened, because not only was he in the session, he also edited it, but he doesn't know what was happening.
3: (laughs) That's true. I will say that I did pay Lauren to memento you, so you have a recap. You know, the recaps that I do for each episode, they're written on your body.
0: There there they are, right there. I hope that's Sharpie. Where's campaign three going to go? (laughs)
3: <laughs> oh, no, she, Brandon washes them off after oh, everyone. It's unlike, it's not tattooed. It's just Sharpie.
0: Okay, good. So let's start with episode 49, where we open with handing off the queen bee to Charlene, mm-hmm. uh, Julia and I attempting a TikTok, uh, which is probably how it would go if we did that IRL, yeah. and then walking into that waterfall.
2: A lot of people were suspicious of the bee. I was never suspicious of the bee. It's just, she. she's just a lady.
1: I was like, this is weird. But I was never like, this is evil or or scary.
3: There is a really hard division now between people who thought the Queen Bee was the end boss of the entire campaign (laughs) and people who need Queen Bee merch, neither of which I don't know how to. (laughs) I cannot help you with either of them.
0: (laughs) As a child, I had an imaginary friend called Buzzer Bee, which was um, mostly mostly. Uh, uh, Julia's looks, the most interested she's ever looked in anything I've ever said, <laughs> um, which was a kind of anthropomorphic bee. And I just felt like this was a tender little gift that Eric gave me. I, I loved her from the start. I wanted to help her. I just thought she was interesting. Just
3: like there are, what's very funny about the way that the OTA was put together was that I planned the whole thing before y'all ever walked in. So it was just fun watching you stumble into these things. But of course, like they don't come to life until you interact with them. So like Charlene was just like, yeah, there's a, a someone at the front desk, like any massive building you go into. And there is the queen bee, but I guess like, you know, they don't come to life until you interact with them. And I'm like, Oh, okay. The queen bee sounds like this. And she's very, very clingy go. Yeah. There is, <laughs> there is a, a sketch that Sarah Barra did that had, the bee, like an actual picture of a bee on the face of a multi-tool, which I laughed and laughed and laughed because that's like 100% how it felt like the queen bee was just like on your face the entire time. It was incredible.
0: <laughs> was the queen bee a parody of me and and how much I, I wish I could just snug closer and closer and closer?
3: Not, not specifically, no, but I can see you uh, getting very close with it. I, that makes a lot of sense.
1: Are you the bee or is Eric the bee?
0: Are you both the bee? I'm the B. Okay. Okay.
3: And
2: I'm multi-tool.
0: Amanda's the bee. Mm-hmm. Tag yourself. <laughs>
2: Tag
3: yourself. Are you, are you the multi-tool in your relationship or are you the bee? I'm the thorax.
0: <laughs> I have to say the biggest reveal of at least the first part of this episode, because the second part uh, got a little wild, was that Charlene's the inside
2: man. Charlene!
0: Yes. Mm-hmm.
2: I always knew I liked Charlene.
0: I knew I liked her too. Eric, when did it, was this planned from the start? Did you know Charlene was going to be the inside man? No, you're making you're making your little <laughs> I'm guilty smile.
3: I will. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna confess something. Uh-oh. You had At no the plans. Beginning... You didn't
1: plan anything. It's all been a lie.
3: At the be- yes, Brandon, you nailed it. This has been off the dome the entire time. I forgot that Hank said there was an inside man.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and then I think we discussed it before we started rolling. At the beginning yes. of the episode. And that's also when we came up with the idea of Friend of Tuna as a mm-hmm. like code yes. name, which people <laughs> yes. really liked.
1: Yeah, which is very I like I it, too. I do want a members-only Friend of Tuna's jacket real bad. Yeah.
2: I also I did pick friend of tuna because I know that friend of Dorothy was code name for uh, for gay folk back in the oh, day. Oh yeah, no, it's I mean
0: the Venn diagram of queer people enjoying the party fans is is a is a healthy model Venn diagram, and I think anybody <laughs> on either side of that is free to use friend of tuna. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs>
3: so I knew we, we had already like made Charlene fun and Nicole Byer, but I didn't know what was going to happen necessarily, and I also did not anticipate you all having so much trouble getting downstairs especially after Brandon and Lou did it immediately so I guess it was very much like it's funny when you split the party is that both parts of the party need to figure it out as it happens Uh, I will say that the exit under the waterfall was there the entire time
0: okay Cool. That was a question from Blue Spectre, so I'm glad we got to that.
3: Yes. So that was there the entire time. I did not know if someone was gonna direct you towards it or not. I also want to say that the fact that you had the Queen Bee the entire time and you protected her kind of like was your this was your reward. Charlene rewarded you by directing you towards the elevator because there was a different reward if you brought the Queen Bee somewhere else. So Ooh, tell um, us. Was it, a, was it a stinger in the in the arm? <laughs> yes, Brandon. It was it was actually you writing a stinger uh, as the seeds. <laughs> <laughs> uh No, I actually no, I don't want to tell you. There are so many things in the OTA that we haven't touched on that like we you've kind of moved past that I feel like I want to hold it. I have an idea for a party planning of doing a game show where you all figure out some of the things that you missed in the OTA, which could be fun. So I kind of want to hold on to some of that stuff. So I don't want to say it, but um, there was going to be a reward if you brought the Queen Bee somewhere else in the in the office
0: oh my gosh i can't wait
3: so i did not plan it but you you three were so definitive on it and you're like you got to give the people what they want and i you are also val and and aggie were having a tough time there so i'm more and also someone rolled really high so uh, on something so i'm just like oh yeah here it is
2: i think it might have been persuasion with me being like are you a friend of tuna <laughs> <laughs> uh
3: so like I, I had to reward it but um yes the i mean I wasn't giving you anything else fun, and you didn't get the other thing. So, you know, sometimes you got to move your stuff around to make it fun for your players, and I'm okay with that.
0: Hell yeah. Blue Spectre also asked, does Monty have access to the hopscotch level via a secret water entrance because they're secretly the head of the OTA Weird Stuff R&D division?
1: I can take this one.
0: Yes.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, go ahead, Brandon. Go ahead. Yes. (laughs) Love it. Fair enough. No further questions. No further comments. No further comments.
3: (laughs) I put Fuzzy Karibo in defense mode and I end my turn.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I haven't thought about Fuzzy Karibo in so many years.
3: I Jeff and I say that to each other all the time.
1: Oh man, I think about Yu Gi Oh. I mean, I have like thoughts, but definitely thought about Yu Gi Oh. But I thought about a fuzzy career, but man, that's good. That's good. It's early here.
3: <laughs> Whenever I get to see Jeff in person, and now Jeff lives in in Portland, so it's a lot less uh, than we used to. We always play Magic. Ma- Jeff loves Magic the Gathering, and he always has a ton of decks on hand. So when we went there. He had it ton decks, and we played. We we play as much as possible, and whenever we end turns, we always say, "and I put Fuzzy Kreevo defense vote and end my turn." So it just felt like a catechism that came off of my came off <laughs> my, my tongue.
2: Incredible.
1: Well, now you have two people on Pacific Northwest, so you gotta you gotta go to one and then travel the other one. It's only three hours. Brandon, I did we see just you. just did. That. I did. I know. I'm saying you can do
3: you. it more
0: often. That's the <laughs> only time we saw you after you Irish exited. That's <laughs> how we verified that you still had a corporeal form. <laughs> Well, the other banner event of this episode 49 was, of course, Milo and Lou and the Fridge incident and the origin story of Milo's revenge arc. Um, Milo,
1: Milo, Milo, Milo. Please
0: don't crush me with a fridge. (laughs) Please don't crush our teen friend with a fridge. I
1: was
3: also going to say the fridge incident sounds like a true crime podcast that is very
0: popular right now. Yeah.
2: (laughs) That sounds like a media investigation on fridging.
0: Oh, that's actually pretty good. (laughs) That's
2: pretty good. That's pretty good. I would love
0: to know how we all feel about this event. Brandon, how your thoughts were. I thought it was such a high stakes and smart way to like use the dice you know like it the the events really truly went the way the dice told us it had to go so i guess eric and brandon talk us through that scene from your perspective because julie and i were just sitting here like sweating and and gasping
1: yeah i mean my my initial reaction was just like i was trying to get lou out to safety um and there was only one way out of the elevator so that was it i mean i guess i gotta pry the doors open but like you know that would take Mm -hmm. more time
0: you're between floors yeah yeah
1: and then i just rolled bad (laughs) (laughs)
2: Well, Lou rolled bad.
1: No, I rolled that, didn't I? Oh, no, no, Lou did. You're right, you're right, you're right. right, right. That's what's
3: hard sometimes, is that, like, you know, I'm rolling over here, and I don't like, I don't necessarily love rolling on behalf of NPCs, because then it feels like a secret. Like, some things I do want to make a secret, like enemy rolls and the way that the world works. So it's like, the fact that I had to tell you that Lou rolled a nat one, and this is what happened, felt like I was doing it to you. So it was definitely tough but uh, you know you you really savor the moments that you get to be super dramatic like that. So th- that was also very uh, a good moment for for me. But uh hey, this is why you should know what's on your character sheet. Extra points to Brandon for for doing that cuz I did not I didn't think of that. <laughs> and that was real that was really really great. I think also from the sommelier's perspective was that this was an accident or not even accident but it's just like this is what happened. Like the sommelier was riding the the fridge down to get one, get down there as fast as possible, and two, to like fuck up the elevator. They did not think that that's what's going to happen, but what did happen was that they crushed a teenage girl with a with a 1950s fridge, which, uh, you know, that's that's the way the cookie crumbles. You know what I mean? Mm.
1: Thank tuna for tuna. That's what I always yeah, say. Yeah, right. <laughs> I do think it also is a testament to knowing and trusting your DM for a long time of, like, I understand the feeling of, like, oh, no, I don't want Brandon to feel like I'm doing this to him, but, like, I never thought that, (laughs) you
3: know? No, I mean, that's good. I'm... More like the fact that I need to reveal the role and then show, and then this is what happened because it happened over here. That's the thing. But no, I think it all played out really interestingly. And then, of course, immediately responding by trying to have the sommelier jump through the terrible sphere of spirits where I rolled incredibly high, which I'm, which I cannot believe. I rolled like four saving throws. And I think she saved on like three of them or four of them. So like she only took like twenty something points of damage. So which and it could have been way, way, way higher because of how big the, the sphere was and how she was like the way, you know, she was going diagonal, so she jumped through that sphere like yeah. three or four times. So that was also the thing is like the Somalier could have died there too, but that's not how the die. that's not
1: what the die. set. Well fainted. I don't I don't think I would have. I guess if she took more than double damage, then she could have died. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Words and recreation on Insta wanted to know could Lou have actually died?
3: Oh, a hundred percent.
1: Not under my care, she couldn't have.
3: Well, she would have went all the way down to zero damage, and then we would have to look at how much damage she would have taken. I think is is the fair thing. She would have. There's going to be a real a she real situation. Gone down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Milo has healing powers and knows the god of death. So does he? I actually
2: that's a good
1: question. I don't know if Milo has any healing spells. (laughs) Julia, you have never needed healing in this entire campaign. (laughs) It's just very
2: funny to me that you're our healer after, you know, now that we have multi tool and I've never once seen you even try a healing spell. It's just very funny (laughs) to me. I don't know. (laughs) I know I'm personally a big beefy beefy boy when it comes to Val, but like
1: you functionally have like over two hundred hit points.
2: Yeah, that's true. Depends on the damage I'm taking, but yes.
3: <laughs> I, it's written down on Julia's character sheet. It's 200 two hundred hit points. Yeah, I mean, it's... The way that I think about this, because it is a story, right, is like, I want to do this stuff to you. Like, this would be boring if it was just like, yeah, you got there and it was all fine and good, right? So, like, I do want you to give, give it to you as a, as a gift that, like, you're in a dramatic situation. It's kind of like... You know, so when you, if you were in a play, you want to have interesting stuff to say. You want interesting stuff to happen. So I am happy that it ha- I'm happy it happened. Uh, I'm happy
1: I, I tried to kill people at all times. <laughs>
0: I've
1: been sitting here for the past like 15 seconds while you're talking, trying to think of a way to to shove Eric into X go and give it to you. The song?
0: Eric's going <laughs> to give it to you. Eric's going to give
1: it to you. There's too many syllables. And I thought, Eric's going to
0: rock, and Eric's going gi- to roll. You yeah, say, no, Erk. I got it. Eric's going to give it to you.
1: <laughs> Eric's going to give it to you. There it is. Yeah, nailed it. Yeah. 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 DMX
3: and I were best friends.
0: Check <laughs> <It> checks out. <laughs> Napona Multiverse says, so our favorite ghost boy is starting to show a dark side. Does this mean Milo might be going down the path of an antihero and willing to defeat evil by giving them a one-way ticket to Anubis? Or St. Peter. Who can say? St.
1: Peter. <laughs> I think this is important to note. Like, character arcs are important, right? But like, character arcs sh- <laughs> when they're good shouldn't ever go against the character's personality or like um personhood, the character of the character. They should like test the limits of that of that character's character, right? It's so, like that's yeah. what's happening. It's not uh, like, and I think I said this in multiple episodes. Like, you know, like out of character to my fellow players here like i was like miles not actually going to kill someone obviously he's just being hyperbolic but one it's fun to uh fuck with julia and, <laughs> and you're not two... fucking with
2: me you're fucking with val there's a difference <laughs> yeah
1: and two like no of co- i mean of course miles not going to go like actually literally go batman and you know well batman doesn't kill so you know go even worse than batman
0: <laughs> go punisher yeah this actually might be a good time to to delve into one of the questions we got about like the process of making the podcast, sure. um, which there are several really interesting ones for this after party that I'm excited about. This one comes from EMC Squared on Discord. Um, shout out to the Discord. Uh, how do you all discuss this kind of inter-party conflict out of character? Can you give us a snippet of what kind of table talk happened or is happening about Milo's, Milo's Punisher turn, which is where I got that from? And I, I mean, listen, from, from my part, like, I don't think Brandon, you said that until maybe episode 51, like when we were playing that, cause there was a time in between, like we played a full episode where I was like, Mel might actually kill, want to kill Somalia. Maybe you're a convincing role player or, or maybe the bond between you and Lou was so convincing that I, I as multi-tool was concerned about that. But, um, it was at least for my part, like thrilling and interesting. And I ultimately trust that like all four of us want to do what's best for the story. And I would never think that any of us would want to like take the spotlight or do something totally out of character shocking or that would like surprise or betray the audience or the story. So for me, it was, it was kind of fertile to like play in that like character tension when we're already, it's like, it's like the, you know, the tension within the heist crew as you're in the middle of the heist, like that's the best part of the heist because there are stakes beyond just, oh, we're one big happy family trying to like do the mission. It makes it just even more intense. Yeah. hundred percent.
2: And I think like for me, at least part of it, like, and I want to like express this because like one of the reasons I, as a player, was like, so like, please don't actually try to murder the sommelier. We worked out a good deal with her, blah, 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 blah. Is that if Eric has taught us anything about this current campaign, it's that our actions have consequences. And I was like, I was joking, but also kind of not joking, where I'm like, I'm really excited about the next arc where we all have to go to uh, Milo's trial and like (laughs) stuff like that. So (laughs) Val is because Val has an extreme moral code. It's a skewed moral code, but it's very much a moral code. Val would step in between Milo and Sommelier if that happens. As they
1: should. Yeah. I think I would expect that. Yeah. 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 I would yeah. love to do a fucking legal drama.
0: <laughs> Brandon, there's a video game for that.
2: <laughs> What's it called? The lawyer one?
3: Oh, yeah. It would be... We'd play Ace Attorney. Yeah. Ace Attorney, yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. That would be funny as hell. And also, I was like, every episode where, like, after you said that and we hadn't resolved it as players yet, I was like, all right, well, this is going to be the first PvP episode of Join the Party. Let's go.
3: (laughs) Regardless of what happens in the rest of this campaign, it is my responsibility to figure out what happens. So if people want to kill other people, if people need to stop other people, if there is PvP stuff, like I will make sure that there are lines and rules and game mechanics around that and we'll see what happens. But but we, we talk about a lot of this stuff that doesn't end up on the microphone. And first and foremost, what I would say is like, do we really want to do this before this ends up happening? And the answer is yes, like not in a heightened state, but in like a real in a real state, like, yeah, let's see what happens. It's gonna be fun. We could cut it if we really wanted to, if we think that it's boring or we think it's weird, then we will. That's the power of editing. That's why we like doing this. And that that's we, why we're not Twitch uh, stream. Yeah, that's why we, we get the chance to do stuff like this.
0: That's true. And this may be a, a controversial statement, but it's important that we have what we do on mic. And then meetings where we talk about it afterward. Yeah. And we, you know, before every session, like Eric says, like any questions, any anyone have anything unresolved you want to talk about? In between sessions, if we want to get something done, like we we can let him know. Or us three players occasionally will be like, oh, hey, random idea. What would you guys think if I tried this? And that goes for the meta of the show as well. Like it's it's not just us and what we want to do for the characters. It's also, is this right and satisfying for everybody who's listening? And all of us take that responsibility really seriously. Totally. So it's, you know, it's important. Yep. Podcasters have meetings. But it sure is exciting, huh? I think it's pretty it sure good. is
1: exciting. I think that is actually a nice little thing to uh, think about for your home games too. Of like, yeah, because without being on tape or other people hearing your game, it's easy to slip into like what's selfish for me. And but like thinking about, yeah, what's satisfying narratively uh, for your other players and your DM is also a good way to like stay in your lane. You know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and like we'll talk about the end of episode fifty-one, but as soon as like that was truly role played we did not stop in the middle to be like what's happening you know how do you guys feel about this like we didn't table talk it we truly role played it and knowing that after that scene happened when we stopped I was like guys is that okay like again do you want me to do something different like that that's what I felt was right but like is that fine it's knowing that we can pause and have that and if either of you said I really think that's the wrong idea then I would have said like Eric what am I allowed to redo you know like we knowing that I can have that option and hopefully you both knowing that I will always listen to your feedback in that way means that I I can just like truly role play it the way that feels right and then like well we can have the best of both in that way we have the spontaneity but also the planning because this is not this is not a home game it's it's a show
3: you should do this more at your own home game like hit the rewind button if you something doesn't feel good then go back and redo it like there's nothing wrong with that you, there's no continuity you need to keep we need to figure that out because we have to release it and then you all hear it and then you get confused but like if it's you and a bunch of your friends playing just be like I don't like this re can we can I try Again and do something different to begin. Like, there's always the opportunity to do that. Yeah.
0: Well, let's talk about episode 50, which was so action packed. I mean, I think the best sort of initiative that I've heard in D&D media. I'm just gonna throw that out there. Damn. I'm not Thank saying you. I'm not saying that everyone else should also say that like on social media and in the Discord, but <laughs> I, that's what I thought. There might be one coming up that's even more exciting! Who can say? But this is, of course, where we're on Human Plus Resources, just such a name, I love it so much, with those fantabulous posters that people can now buy, of course, at jointhepartypod.com slash merch. Um, and Julia and I negotiated with the Somali, too, which really was just uh, satisfying and, and felt very fun.
3: <laughs> there was a moment, I remember all the way back when Milo and Lou first interacted with the sommelier and the sommelier said out loud and said you don't have enough money to to, to negotiate with me and then Brandon was like I guess I don't and then fucking and then fucking left that was I thought that was so so funny and then that was like the exact opposite of what happened here which is the sommelier was like you can't buy me off and then Val and Aggie were like Maybe we can. I'm but sure maybe good. we can. And the Somali egg was like, "Oh God, thank God, someone took someone's going to try, try to try to me off." I fucking love it. So I I thought that was re- I thought that was really really great. It's like, and also the fun of splitting the party is you have you have two groups of people doing two things differently is always just incredible.
0: Yeah, Eric, how did you approach kind of playing that obstacle and like you know re redoing the interaction with Somali
3: It seemed like the thing about hopscotch was that. The thing that I always had in my head was that regular people couldn't navigate this. Like if you didn't have any sort of like, if you were just like us, right? And you showed up at Hopscotch, you'd be like, oh, I'm a die. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I can't get through. I guess I can't.
0: Yeah. Two 10 foot uh, cubes suspended 10 feet apart in nothing, a nothingness void. Yeah. Anyway.
3: And then you got to do that like multiple times. So it was very easy for everyone to navigate it because I think that was kind of the point. Is like this is this kind of, this is a stepping stone that you need to demonstrate that you are a a weird person in whatever that might be. So then it became more about the negotiation with the sommelier, and can you trust her? Could you trust her as you went on the cubes? It was also interesting because Milo didn't touch any of the cubes, so that was the first time that we actually talked about navigated that that's true. trap.
1: I didn't think about that.
3: Yeah, so that's why when the sommelier was like, "Yeah, you're fine," and then you had to do those deck saves not to fall into the darkness. And I was just like, great, good. So uh, it was it was funny knowing that like the actual trap was in the background, and the thing in the front foreground was the Somaliya's relationship because of what happened before. I also love Dungeon Dragons because much like an episode of like an animated series or an anime, it really does does go one after another. Truly, like because this happened, this happened because this happened, this happened. That's why I I, I love this stuff.
0: I must say, Amanda, at the end of having recorded these episodes, looked back at Amanda in episode 50, spending key points like they were dollar bills, like, oh, you sweet summer child, you had no idea what was happening. <laughs>
1: <laughs> when y'all were negotiating with the small A, were you ever thinking about, like, oh, fuck, this is going to look bad to Milo? Or were you just like, let's just fix the situation as easily and quickly as possible? I know, like, in character, your characters didn't know about that, but, like, I'm just curious as players.
2: I mean, you expressed that while we were doing the scene, so I think <laughs> we kind of knew, but like in the moment, I had to think about, okay, yes, we also have to get out of here and the Somalier knows that we're in here and I don't want to be black by government officials later on in the campaign. So I was like, we need to figure out what is going to solve this problem at this moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I I was extremely concerned about
0: people apprehending us because I'm like the last thing we need after we, you know, even if we manage to get through whatever lies beneath in the oubliette and get the item we're searching for and get back out of this place, like we don't need people chasing us and like having a hot exit um, or coming to our homes because they know our identities and where we live after that. Like it felt very high stakes. So it just it felt like what was necessary and it was also delightful to negotiate. And the idea of a favor just kind of came to me and I'm very excited to see what comes of that.
2: (laughs) I also like I didn't want to go into whatever our next arc was as public enemy number one if the government decides to like post our wanted posters in the post office or something like that. Mm -hmm. And especially because that's probably exactly what Gutenberg wants too, you know, Mm -hmm. like it was extremely important to me not to give Gutenberg what he wants. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, yeah. To be clear, and I know you guys know this already, but like, yeah, that was absolutely the right thing, and I would have done the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> and,
2: but Brandon yet... at the
3: time,
1: and yet Brandon at the time was like, wow. <laughs> Eric, I gotta play play the play the conflict for tape, <laughs> Eric, you know? No, that that's fine. I really do want to I
3: God, there's so much I want to talk about in these episodes. Here's the thing, I really now that we've kind of revealed a little bit of this, the fact that the Somalier was the only one who figured it out also came from the fact that you you had all split up and had done gotten down there as fast as possible. Remember the child who did the the, the teen who did the fucking fireworks. fireworks jubilee. Like everyone, like Judd could have been there. Uh, hard body could have been there. Other people, other security people could have been there. And the fact that it was Somalier by themselves because they were the only one who noticed and then was able to be bought off. Like, you know, all these things are are, all of these things are cause and effect. So it's funny how that all precipitated is that uh, you had to figure that out.
0: And Julia, Match Koopan on Insta would like to know, what what have Val spent all that money on?
2: (laughs) I'm still mad that I rolled that. There's no fucking way. Val's this extremely frugal person, I feel like, you know? Like, goes to mom and pop shops, like, gets discount stuff, like, was also... Doesn't believe in
1: banks, though. Definitely. Doesn't doesn't believe believe in
2: banks. (laughs) Was living in a discounted apartment over where they used to work. So, I just, I don't know. You put it down there on a house. Well, no, no, no. They moved into an apartment. <laughs> yeah, in New York City.
0: <laughs> Val's money's a little hot right now. They uh, they need to not touch it for a minute. I
3: Val's guess. not liquid right now. So <laughs> that, that was the issue. I, I, my money's tied up in futures.
2: <laughs> uh, I don't know. Probably like furnishing the new apartment and stuff like that to give you a real answer.
3: It was funny. A lot of that went into like setting up the nonprofit and things like that, yeah. which I think was very, very funny. I I really yeah. enjoyed Big that. Big
2: supers,
0: little supers. Sometimes you have to make character choices to justify the dice rolls. Like that's yeah. that is how the game is, and I think you both did a really good job at that. Yeah. Well, once we made it past the sommelier, of course, we got the very fun experience of going into a my my true dream, a wall-sized library catalog, <laughs> uh, and poking around all those weapons and files. I thought it was so fun. Eric was the inspiration. Where'd that come from?
3: That was where all my Control stuff really came out. I had been playing Control for a really long time. I had a really strong sense of the game and what I loved about it, which is why I made the posters too. Just the idea of it being like, things happening, not because of nefarious reasons, but because of like human error. Do you want to hear what was going on with the weapons, the Mushroom Horde itself?
0: Please. Yeah.
3: So... I don't want to touch what happened with the leak, because you guys didn't end up going to that level. But there was water dripping down, right? The thing that I had, had and I, I did station this out if you, if Lou and, and Milo had done different things or it, had gotten rolled differently the weapons were being checked out. They were, like, in control, they're called, like, quote-unquote altered items. As I said, they're, like, magical items in the way that, they're, that you would call that in Dungeons & Dragons. But they're just, like, you know, something weird is going on with them. Like, they need to be tested. They need to be figured out. Like, there might be del- there's Delta radiation on them, and there's something going on with these items. Not enough for, like, adventurers to pick them up and use them, but there is something weird going on. I think a bunch of people were messing with them on Friday and didn't put them back. Like, they were, there was a checklist somewhere. Somewhere and a bunch of people checked them out and didn't put them back, and then the water was dripping down, which kind of connected all of the weapons. And then once the water was evaporated, as Milo had done, it kind of disrupted the ecosystem that was going on here, and then it came together and became the mushroom horde. So the reason why this was happening was because a bunch of people who worked at the OTA left the weapons
1: out.
2: Bad job, guys. Bad job. Bad, Bad job. job.
1: Eric, I have a I have a confession. Yes, um, I need to come clean. Will you absolve me of my sins? Oh God, what is it? No, it's not bad. But um... Can you
0: Google mushroom biomes for hints on how to do the fight. <laughs> no,
1: but I listened back and I did destroy water. And mm. what I realized is that I, I think I got a UPS package and I had t- taken my headphones off, or I was I heard something, I took my headphones off, put them back on, and like you repeated yourself, but I think I was still settling in, so I didn't like quite catch exactly the whole thing i did not hear you say the word mold oh so or whatever it was so i i almost cut it out of the episode cuz i was like oh this is just me being an idiot cuz i didn't understand but obviously i wanted to keep it in cuz it was interesting and important but like me creating water only happened because I did not understand that this was a mold.
3: <laughs> Brandon, it's fine. uh there, there would have been a fight here probably no matter what you did, as you guys were already fucking around right. in that area. I just
1: look really stupid in the episode.
2: <laughs> I, I also, in the moment, was like, Brandon, what? Was yeah,
1: I, like, I was choice,
0: but, but okay.
1: <laughs> and I remember that, and I was like, what do you mean? This is like a. I'm just
0: trying to reverse this it. This is a normal like, thing, it thing to seems do. Like yeah. a solid plan.
1: <laughs>
3: But I think that, like, there this was already probably inevitable from the the leak coming down from the above floor. plus, like the fermentation of the delta radiation was something that was going to happen anyway.
0: I mean, us just being powered and being in the same room suddenly could also have set it off. like I, I see totally. I see a lot of justification for why that could have come up, yeah. I would have destroyed sure. water, regardless. yeah,
3: <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that's what happened. That was you destroying the water was, I think, was what I used as the cause of of how to get the fight going but um, you know sometimes it's whatever you know sometimes you have notes and then you want it to happen like it's hard for me to reveal this but like I want you to have a good time and like you could have done a bunch of if you walked into a room and you were poking around and there was like a bear hidden in the room somehow like magically hidden in the room no matter what you do in the room it's probably gonna unleash the bear yeah. right? Like, in a dungeon, there are so many ways to get the traps going, and like that's how it is. But sometimes, you lat- to tell a story, you latch onto a thing to make it go.
2: I
1: open the picnic basket.
3: Yeah.
2: You activate the bear card.
3: Yeah. I was really excited to fucking kill Milo and Lou, but then you guys dealt with the sommelier really quickly, so you came in and you took care of that. This was based off of um something from Valda's, which I've referenced quite a lot from and Press. You should all go pick it up. It is in the NPC... Like, they have an NPC compendium that's based off of all the stuff involved, is, but they had released this early that I'd used. This was like a magic elemental made out of magic items, and then I messed around with it and scaled it down and up. So that's why it pulled the the item away from Milo. But uh, that thing was beefy. It was very beefy, and you all got in at the right time, and you, you all rolled really well. Yeah. I think nice. you also
2: told us afterwards that you were like, yeah, that was supposed to be all three of you facing off of that thing. So if it had no. just been Milo, he probably would have been fucked. Nah, yeah, I sure. would
1: have kicked that fucking thing's ass. Yeah, you all, were doing
2: great. How many hit points did you have at the by, end of that fight?
1: Shut up, Julia. <laughs> <laughs> you,
2: your
0: your rolls really come through when you need them, Brandon. That's one thing I can say about your dice.
1: <laughs> I do need to talk. I don't want you to respond, Eric, but I just need to like put it out there. The, mm. the obstinance at which Lou refuses to get out of the way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, it's teen. When does a teen ever do what's good for them? Because an adult told them to. Exactly. <laughs> also, last time you told
2: her to go away, she got hit by a fridge. So.
3: <laughs> wow. <laughs> Woo.
0: <laughs>
3: where, 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 where? Well, X gonna give it to you. <laughs>
0: All right, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna send everybody out to do different errands. Brandon, you can get some more ice. Eric, can you harvest some mint from the garden. Julia, come come grab some new glasses with me because it's time over here. We're
2: for making fun. juleps. Oh now yeah, we're
0: gonna rock. <laughs> uh,
3: DMX also wants a julep.
0: All right, I'll I'll make five. Be right back. Hey, it's Amanda, and this week's mid-roll is brought to you by overalls. Not really, I'm not sponsored. I just, I wear overalls like every other day now, and I incredibly love them. And if you are thinking to yourself, man, that must be comfy and easy to wear, or, huh, I should sure think I'd like sort of how I present myself to the world if I were a person that wears overalls, uh, hey, I, I recommend it. Overalls, very good. First and foremost, welcome to our newest patrons who joined us over at Patreon.com/slash/join-the-party-pod. Deshawn, Gigi, Brooke, Teresa, and Mayu, welcome! Thank you so much for helping us get closer to our goal of 600 patrons. If we get there, if we hit 600, we'll commission a gigantic comic book cover of all the PCs and NPCs of Campaign Two. That will be a free digital download for all patrons, but only once we make it to 600 patrons, and also available for anybody to purchase as a physical post on our merch store. So to help us get there to help make this poster happen, go to patreon.com/join the party pod. Also, in case you missed it, the phone wallpaper versions of the posters from Human Plus resources that we talk about in this episode are now in the merch store. Also, there are still some January dice available. So go and check it out at jointhepartypod.com slash merch. Plus, if you're a $10 or above patron, you get 10% off all merch. Check your Patreon for the link and password to that special discount merch store. It's also a great day if you're caught up on Join the Party to check out some of the other shows that are a part of the Multitude Collective. I think you'd really like Next Stop, which is an audio sitcom that explores the time in your mid and late 20s when lots of people are changing around you and you might worry that you may not catch up. Across the 10 episodes of its first season, Next Stop follows three roommates through work relationships, friendships, and more. They grow together as a unit no matter what life throws at them. It's very funny, it's wholesome, it is beautifully sounded, designed. And if you grew up watching classic sitcoms, you know how comforting that can be. But luckily, Next Stop is a 21st century sitcom, meaning that it gives audiences something to laugh at without punching down. It was written and created by our own Eric Silver, directed and edited by Brandon, assistant directed and cast by Julia, and executive produced by me. So search for Next Stop in your podcast app or go to nextstopshow.com. We are sponsored this week by Inked Gaming. Everybody has that go-to place where you get your mouse pads, play mats, dice bags, and other essential gaming goods. And Inked Gaming is a great place to keep in mind to be your go-to shop. With such a large selection of premium gear listed on their site, they are really a one-stop shop built by and for gamers. You'll even find custom products in their collection that you can personalize with unique designs that come straight from your imagination or your home game or your favorite podcast. I don't care what you do, do it, it's so much fun having them as a sponsor is really, really great for us because we get to recommend a really relevant and excellent sponsor for you. And they are offering you 10% off. All you have to do is go to inkedgaming.com slash join the party and use promo code join the party at checkout. That's inkedgaming.com slash join the party and use promo code join the party for 10% off your order. We are also sponsored this week by Skillshare. They are one of our oldest and favorite sponsors because they are a great place to learn new skills, deepen existing passions, and get lost in creativity. There are tons of fascinating classes, whether it's hobbies like painting or origami or growing plants or knitting that you want to learn just for you or stuff that you want to sort of level up your personal or professional skills. I recently loved Making Your First Zine from Idea to Illustration by Kate Bingaman Burt, which I thought was lovely, not just as a consumer of zines, it sort of helped me appreciate more of the art that goes into them, but it's also just really soothing and interesting to watch an expert talk about something she's really good at. So if you want to explore your creativity, go to Skillshare.com slash join the party to access your free trial of premium membership. That's Skillshare.com join the party. And finally, this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Relationships? take a lot of work. And many of us will show up for our friends whenever they need it. We'll go out of our way to treat other people well, but we don't often extend that same treatment to ourselves. And this month, BetterHelp wants to remind you to take care of your most important relationship, which is the one you have with yourself. I get my therapy through BetterHelp, and every week I know that for that hour, it is all about me and how I can show up better for myself, but also by extension, the people in my life. And I get to meet with my therapist easily and communicate with her really effortlessly via BetterHelp. BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anybody on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp Online Therapy. Once more, this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and Join the Party listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash jointheparty. That's betterhel dot com slash jointheparty. And now, back to the after party. All right, everybody, I'm back. You have your refills. And uh, yes, that is that is nugget ice. I, I did. I did get nugget ice for you. I harvested it. Amanda, did I do
2: a good job muddling the mint?
0: Incredible. Thank you. Incredible.
1: I'm a Southern lawyer now that I have my julep. Uh
2: Uh-oh. Let's answer some more cross-examination. Brandon, I'm going to need you to commit to the bit. If you're going to do this voice, (laughs) you have to do it for the rest of the episode.
1: Why, Julia, how could I do anything other
3: well now i'm also here i'm gambit who wants to see my cards also i was like e40 there i was i fully went all the way to oakland through the bayou
0: but guys we have such a good episode to talk about episode 51 yeah hot shit here's the thing guys every episode left in the campaign is as hot as episode 51 so just prepare yourself i i feel like there's there is a lot to talk about maybe let's start Maybe should we start with the big moment and go backward? Because I feel like it's just it's just in in the air. Yeah, and a lot of people were obviously like, "Eric, what the fuck?" That was the main takeaway from the Discord that day. But. Uh, just a lot of questions about like this moment of preserver and multi-tool meeting, asking if I knew it was coming. Certainly not. Eric, did you have this planned? Were we supposed to find the mirror? If we didn't find it, what would have happened? Please tell us everything.
1: I also want to ask you too, because I I think Julia figured out like ten minutes beforehand. At what point did you realize it was the other Aggie, Amanda? Because it took me until Julia was like, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> there was a moment this this when I was no preserver. Just
3: There was a moment when I was describing the woman and Brandon's like, have we met this character before? Can you give me more details? (laughs) And I'm like, no, Brandon, I'm not going to do
1: that. I asked if you wanted to uh, include the race because you normally have been doing that. and And you were like, I don't think we need no. to. No, no,
0: no, I don't <laughs> have out In about two seconds. This character is Amanda, in fact, from the first half of this campaign. <laughs> no, I-, I knew immediately from, you know, there's a there's a mirror in a storage unit. Uh, we have two diverting timelines here. Probably that's what's happening. But I, I did not dare hope when there was that first roll... Or check of like something is pulling you here and I think uncharacteristically for certainly preserver but I think multi-tool is a little more individualistic I was like sorry guys like Brandon you have this covered I'm I'm going over there like I need to figure out what's here yeah
2: I knew as soon as Eric said the pull of time I'm like oh there it is, <laughs> there it is. and then <laughs> there also immediately it clicked for me join hands and I was like why did why did Eric pick that for this one because uh, yeah wait what
3: Brandon and Brandon and Amanda real time just figured this out. Oh, my
0: god!
2: <laughs> oh, god. Damn.
1: I didn't even think about. I don't. I don't always know all the names of the arcs because I just do the episode numbers. So I didn't think about it. But yeah, that makes sense.
0: Oh, that's really good. So I mean, you you planned it then? I
3: did. Yes, I did. Fuck. I knew the entire time. Uh, in my Notion, uh, here's a little plug for Notion that you can put little emojis next as like next to your titles. When you do them, you can break things out like into individual like pages. So th- I always have different emojis for each one. For uh, arc one, it was a bank. For arc two, it was a little snowman. Arc three was a cherry blossom. Arc four was a. Uh, egg timer arc 5 was a pencil and arc 6 the entire time it was a mirror
2: incredible <gasps> fuck
3: uh so i knew the entire time that's why i kept emphasizing to all of you that the ota was built the entire time and that you could just go in there i really wanted you to know that like the thing that was here is what was here and yes it was inside that vault there were questions about whether or not they would have found it there a lot of things would have had to been different for them not to have noticed the big vault and then want to go in it. The thing that changed everything was Aggie going to Danny to prep, right? And then I'm like, "Perfect. I have this thing that I can that I can do to, to literally I mean, I foreshadowed it. Like I had a piece of foreshadowing that would that would make you that would give you a bonus for this. So that was inevitable, right? Um but if you didn't do that and if you had decided to ignore you would have decided to ignore the vault as well? Yeah, we might not have seen it. And it was, it was a lot... Milo and Lou fucking wrecked looking for items. So that wasn't a problem at all. Milo! And that number was incredibly high, I just want to say. But y'all just smashed it. 70, so, I think, that it was. Yeah, it was, it was so, so, so high. So it's like Val and Aggie had a chance to go do something else. And also it helped that Milo didn't want to interact with you too. So that that also... It worked, that. Yeah, yeah, it worked out. Yeah, I think it,
1: it worked really nicely in the fiction. But, of of course, if, like, we decided to, like, look for... Like, I, one of us would have cannot resist a giant cake on a platter across the room, you know? Like, one of exactly. us, even Milo, yeah. would have got to check it out. Yeah.
3: Exactly. I did want all three of you... That was the only worry that I had... About all three of you splitting, about splitting the party, is that I really wanted all three of you to go into the final room together. Which luckily it did, but I would have figured it out if that happened. Um, or you, maybe you would have waited for each other, hopefully, as you walked into the treasure room. But again, I don't think it would have not happened. Like there always would have been something that led there. Again, I intentionally put it in a vault.
0: Well, I got to say, nothing about it felt inevitable or on rails. So that yeah. is, you know, incredibly well done because 100%. it felt so spontaneous and maybe gave myself too much credit for, for going into the bank vault because it was feeling
2: really irresistible.
0: <laughs>
1: I will say you guys cracked the bank vault very easily. I was very impressed by that.
2: Well, it was because I was trying to literally crack the bank vault and then Eric <laughs> yes. was like, yeah, that's not going to fucking work. But there is a coin slot. I was like, oh. Oh, my God. I was so stressed. I was like, fuck, I
0: used it on the B. Oh but mine. luckily you had one.
1: I love my favorite moment of this episode was when Aggie uh, made her ear like an elephant ear. Like the size of an elephant here against the, the bank vault door. God, that Thanks. was just just my favorite image. <laughs> it's incredible.
0: Really leaning into the body horror. Of I was this gonna character. say
3: Amanda's new light body horror in multi-tools, <laughs> my favorite part of the campaign.
0: Thank you. My favorite moment was us hugging. It felt it felt very true of the character. And you know, I think um Brandon, you leaning hard into this mood of Milo's I think gave me and Julia a really nice character moment, yeah. so thank you.
1: Listener, the The eyes that Amanda gave you with
0: <laughs> she said mood was striking. <laughs> Wait, I want
1: to know. I was going to ask you, what were you thinking about when the hug happened? I
0: think just having my back and and going with me in what felt like a selfish direction where Eric is like something about this specifically calls out to you, you know, multi-tool, and I know we have a mission and I know it's, you know, you were uncharacteristically rolling. Well, you and Lou had it under control. And like, I I don't think that multi-tool in earlier episodes and certainly not Preserver would ever do something because it interested her. And it felt like a a really kind of atypical decision. And for Val to back me uncharacteristically mm. and also just like the, I think, combo, you know, the like, Excellent combo of negotiating with Somalia and just like being together for this journey just felt really good. And I had no idea that there would be any kind of tension around the alternate timeline talking about alternate Val. Like we are not sure exactly what's happening, but it's clear that there is some kind of like, you know, Preserver was really surprised to hear about Milo and to see Val and whatever is going on there. That was a complete kind of coincidence,
2: or a happy accident. But I, I don't know. It just it felt right. Also, to be quite honest with you, I knew I was going to be less than useful in searching for things because my perception and investigation That's are fine. so fucking low. I don't know. I just I felt like <laughs> if there was going to be a problem and it felt like the plot was <laughs> leading to a problem inside the vault, I wanted to have your sure.
1: back on that. Yo, I'll solve it. Check out this vault. While Valve <laughs> performs it. Yeah, yeah.
3: Whoever gave you those bad stats, I'm gonna go beat them up. Yeah,
2: it's my fault. (laughs) It's you know, and I was talking about this on a party planning that we just recorded. It's my fault because I know that I am a player that likes to investigate things and figure out like all the (laughs) hidden bits in the room for giving myself such bad stats on perception and investigation. That's on me.
3: I just find it. I just find it so funny that, that Julia's just like, I want to investigate, and then just like turns and is like, Brandon, investigate. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I, I the do that all the time. I'm like, hey, someone who's better at this. Do you want to do that? <laughs> like, oh, here's a cool science thing that me as a player, I want to know more about. Hey, Brandon. <laughs> hey, s- hey, someone.
3: Brandon, roll Arcana who, now. Who has
2: Arcana? Oh, right, it's Brandon. And
0: then
3: I'm like,
2: <laughs> oh, joint
3: hands. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I also want to say that people, some people have asked about how afraid I have been about splitting the party the entire time. And I've touched on it a lot, but I want to emphasize when you're playing a game, when the goal isn't to kill people. And I do want to kill people for sure, <laughs> if if warranted, as someone shown cut that out. Uh, nope, posted on I will do it. As warranted by the mushroom horde, you can see that I, if I can kill people, I can definitely kill people. I do want there to be danger, but like there are opportunities. Think about your favorite TV shows where you get to split people off and have individual, like one-on-one scenes. This is what we got here, and I'm glad that. We, this, that everyone was able to flourish and able to do this and that you were able to have beautiful moments together and fun moments and for Julia and Amanda to do something by themselves and for Brandon to figure out this, the danger and deal with it and deal with consequences. Like, Brandon got to get closer to an NPC, which is which is great. When you trust your players to do stuff in different pods that you all don't have to do it together, I think that there is an opportunity to make splitting the party work. Yeah and also you can still kill them and punish them and the, it's always going to be scarier because they're doing it by themselves. So you always have that you always have that thing in your pocket.
0: And of course at the end of the episode there was I thought a very well role played and justified moment where Milo didn't make it into the mirror. Brandon and Eric talk us through what was happening there.
1: Yeah, I'll say what I was thinking and then Eric I'm curious to hear what you were thinking if we were on the sure. same page or not. I think the only thing that was going on in Milo's head was it was pretty simple calculus. It was just like you know, this is a fuck situation. Not only am I mad at my other two colleagues, but they also didn't help me do the thing that we're here to do. So like, what the fuck? And now, because they want to take this fucking mirror out of the thing, we have we we're, we're like more encumbered. And so, like, Miles going to go along with it because it's a good idea to, like, get out of the room that way. But, like, as soon as—it's like touching a hot stove, you know, as soon as he started touching the hot stove, he was like, nope, fuck this, I can do it myself, bye, you know? Yeah, I think
3: that the the thing where I was not worried— was that Brandon responded to the fact that I took I gave him a ton of damage. I brought him down to 10 HP. And I think that was also that's a warning that like, not yes, not only am I having a bad time, but I'm not gonna push through the pain when I'm already mad at you. And there was something going on something going on about why you should not have gone through the mirror. I wanna say, did not think y'all were gonna go through the mirror. I think that there is Yeah, I did not know. Because Really? I think, I mean, it was an option, I guess. I did not think that escaping, <laughs> escaping, quote unquote, to an alternate timeline is not escaping the, <laughs> escaping the building. That's what what threw me off, but of course you made. I knew that, but you didn't know that. So I guess I didn't see that coming. But I did want to because Brandon rolled poorly, and maybe some other things that we'll see in the next episode. Milo was having a bad time, and I think that using that as a using the mechanics as a trigger to do role playing is how the game is played. Mm-hmm. That's how you do it, yeah. totally. and that's why I'm like, yeah, totally. That's why Milo doesn't go and. That's why Val and Aggie and Lou do like that. Just the, the the numbers and the mechanics made sense, and then we were able to play it out. Like that's how you that's how you do the game. So I thought that that was all incredible and justified, and and, and very smart.
0: Well, I have one last question um, on this episode before we get into some final kind of game character and podcast questions, which is around the pizza slices as a mechanic. (laughs) It felt like a metaphor we kind of happened on together, but I love it. And I just thought it was really charming and lovely and felt like there was real stakes without, like, the pressure of a literal counting clock. So, Eric, where'd you draw this from? I just want to say... it was.
1: It wasn't necessarily a metaphor. What happened was that Eric was like a certain number of pie pieces like you do you would have in Trivial Pursuits or whatever. And then then Amanda was like, Eric, can you do your Italian pizza impression for me? <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's, a piece, a <laughs> it's a pizza, pizza. It's a pizza. Yeah, I pulled this from uh, Ga- Blades in the Dark and other games like that. We've talked about these slices before as a way to represent time going forward so I was trying to meld that with Dungeons and Dragons the action economy fitting into slices if you do something it takes time this is also similar to what happened with Val's money is like you know we don't keep track of things like that we don't they're not it's not exactly like I I have 10 gold pieces and an action takes 6 seconds that's not exactly what we're doing I also wanted to keep clear that you did not know from the as much as Val tried to pretend to be Judd Judd <laughs> and convince the director that everything was fine
0: which was incredible by the way it's <laughs> so funny Thank you.
3: I really wanted to keep a sense of mystery of how long it would take before something bad happened and we still don't know so uh, that's why I wanted to say like you are using slices there are you don't know how many slices are left but if you keep pulling slices eventually it's going to run out and then we landed on pizza slices as a way as a fun way to talk about it but no, it was really fun. I hope I hope that that kind of ratcheted up the the tension. and I think that's also why people made choices as fast as they did. Yes, that they didn't they didn't necessarily stop and think about things. They just kind of did, which I thought, which is why you all ended up going through the mirror in the first place. I
2: had a lot of anxiety about that, and I was like, the only out that I see currently is through this mirror. Let's fucking go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Me too, and I think that
0: transitions us really well into a question we got from Rhiannon on Discord, but also a couple other people in other mediums about: Do we ever record multiple episodes in one session? Everyone wanted to know. Basically, are we also sitting in suspense in between these episodes, like the audiences?
1: I mean, generally speaking, yeah. I think things are shifting now that we're weekly, and we, you know, we're trying to keep episodes a little tighter to make sure that I don't die, you know, during the week. Who? Who are we talking about? <laughs> uh, it's a Brandon. <laughs> oh, I'm
0: just a simple. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I, uh, I'm d- just d- a d- simple. I'm just a simple audio
1: editor. I can't do it. I lost it. I <laughs> oh lost it. God.
0: Yeah, we were playing this around the time that the campaign to end bad Tuesdays was going on, so we didn't yet know what our schedule would look like so now newly we are playing sometimes one episode but sometimes two in one session um so so far all of the cliffhangers you're experiencing uh listeners we also experienced and let me tell you uh it's a lot and usually there's a week between play sessions because we typically play on fridays Mm -hmm.
1: you should see our slack channels whenever something like that happens we're just like
0: eric i know come
1: on good
0: (laughs) i need it i need to live (laughs) marked for death would like to know Eric how much of this was intended at the end of join the loop
3: that's a great question a lot of it I do go session by session and arc by arc in terms of plotting Um, overarching plots I kind of pushed forward but I think that the heist of the OTA only got spurred on because of Hank running for mayor and leaving the OTA.
0: Because of Milo running Hank for mayor. Yes, exactly. That's (laughs) what I'm saying.
3: So I had not thought that this was going to be the next thing. I did have an idea that there needed. I wanted to give you something that made it easier for you to see what Gutenberg was doing as we got further in this plot and we realized that people were made out of pixels. But... The heist itself, no, but I knew everything that was going to happen from the beginning of Join Hands.
0: Incredible. And our final question before Spoily Corner, Maya on Instagram asks, This is kind of meta, but I'm wondering how many questions you generally get for after parties. And do you generally answer them all or just pick your few favorites? Eric, you are usually the one who gathers the questions. So what's your process? Thank you for gathering. Thanks for gathering.
3: Thank you. I want to give a special shout out to folks on Instagram that y'all have really responded well to the question doohickey that I post as our sto- the join the party stories. That has been really well, especially uh, Michelle Spurgeon, the question surgeon, who who really goes ham on that stuff, and also some other people have uh, been doing that as well. So there are there are three places I get them from: the after party channel, in the Discord, our Twitter, and Instagram. When I ask specifically for them, or sometimes people email just. Ambiently, and I do look at all of them now as we are changing to the three episode structure. I am combining a lot of questions and adding them as we add to, like, things we already want to talk about, especially for this one, because everyone was like, what? What happened, Preserver? What? So it, sometimes we I combine a lot of people's ideas and questions together. But if you have a really good specific question that I didn't think of, I, we will read them out. Before we read out a lot of them, we were getting way more questions, so we read less. But keep, But always put that stuff in. I want as many questions so I can figure out what y'all want us to talk about. And I really do like transcribing things and I really like, I don't know, I don't do a lot of busy work during the day. I know that this this might be like a little bit of a, of a sad problem, but I spend a lot of my time just trying to make shit. <laughs> so it's just like pulling, trying to pull shit out of my brain. So the times that I get to do busy work, which is where I fell in love with podcasting in the first place, is uh, kind of fun for me. So copying down people's Instagram stuff, uh, orienting this document, and that has been really uh, really nice. But I do like your questions and I see all of them.
0: And occasionally, if there are really good kind of general questions about like our characters, or would you rather, something about the podcast in general, we may slot them in during after parties that have less plot to talk about so that we can spend more time on a very fun question, you know, about what our characters would prefer or what they would do. But hey, uh, guys, there's a lot of plot... <laughs> talk about today and coming up in the future so yeah. we will see
3: i want to say really quickly just so quickly all of us what is your favorite sandwich
0: <laughs> no no sandwich that's discourse. it that's it no. that's it turkey blt
3: if you could have a sandwich named after you what would it be like me personally yeah like if it was called the brandon or something like it
1: oh my not my go-to is always uh good has to be good bread uh yeah. for like uh. baguette kind of thing but like not as hard uh yeah. shaved chicken specifically rotisserie nice. also acceptable uh cheddar uh tomato uh mayo mustard that's all that's great yeah. i like that
2: I like a chicken bon mi
1: yeah mm. yeah i love a bon mi i would
0: do either either chicken salad or honey turkey sort of club style so um sourdough bread bacon uh, like a gem lettuce or like a butter lettuce, something mm, really mm-hmm, kind of uh, mm. with a lot of texture, and then um, something like pickled carrots, maybe. Um, yeah. And then if it's just honey turkey mayo, if it's chicken salad, no mayo because it's already in the chicken salad.
1: I should. I will add lettuce if it's butter lettuce, but all other lettuces can go fuck themselves.
0: <laughs> I love iceberg lettuce. I'm iceberg lettuce's biggest fan. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
3: I have a sandwich that if I could get it on a on a sandwich shop, I would do in a, in a fucking second. It's called the Commissioner. It is uh, a chicken cutlet with also with American cheese, unlike cheddar, uh, lettuce, tomato, pickle, and then like a uh, it's kind of like a play on a Reuben, so it has like the slaw on it instead. So depending on how pickly you make your your slaw. You you can take out the lettuce or the pickle and then put the slaw on instead. And that's the commissioner.
1: I would eat the shit out of that, Eric. It,
3: I think about it all the time. It's the thing I want the most, <laughs> is someone to name a sandwich after me. Join
0: the party, uh, pals who work at sandwich shops. Uh consider it.
3: I want to shout out the people We have who, lattes, right? Yeah, I want to yeah. shout out the uh, the people who've been making drinks that are based off me, which is great. I've really been enjoying that. Um
0: Oh, is that what the coffee about would you drink hot coffee? Is that what that's from? from that's because uh, in
3: the mid-roll I did the I said I'm iced coffee till I die. And oh, yes, that's, that's where that's we true. talked about maple syrup in coffee in coffee as well
0: eric will drink hot coffee at diners right that's really, oh of course, usually of where course. You get it. Yeah.
3: yeah what am i gonna do ask someone to pour coffee into a cup and then add hot coffee into a cup and then add ice no. like that's all they're doing we've
0: yeah. done it it's not good i've
3: done it before but like i'm not gonna make you do it that's the only time i like hot coffee is yes is that a diner
0: all right folks we ready for Spoily corner let's yeah. do it yeah well, speaking of the question surgeon, here are some questions from Michelle Spurgeon. Do any of the LT3's friends take vitamin M, or have they been told not to? Who can, who can say? say? Does Lou even have parents? It feels like she invented herself. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be very funny, but who can say?
1: Who
3: can God, say? the stuff about Lou that comes up feels like there needs to be an extra comic just about Lou. I yeah, would buy
0: that. That great. fuck out of
1: that.
3: Yeah, it's Netflix
0: animated series get at us. Yeah.
3: Loon Nguyen, the smartest person in Lake Town City, is the name of the is the lady of the comic.
0: No notes. Um and finally, is the anti powered movement dead now? I'm noticing way more powered folk are making themselves known. Who can say? say. Who can say? say. Mm. Uh why is Preserver surprised that Milo and Val are there? I explicitly cannot say that. (laughs) Who can say, folks? Tune in next week, y'all. Jet Darklore, in the room with the monster, was there a file on the Night of Mirrors that reveals who they are under their real name? Who can say? From Izpep on Insta, I think this is a who can say, but why does the OTA have their grubby little government hands on this mirror in the first place? Who can say? Mm. Who can say?
3: Mm. Interesting.
0: Soup dumpling in Discord, what is Milo slash Brandon going to do when the others are in this alternate timeline? Just like twiddle his thumbs in OTA jail? (laughs) not. I'm just going to sit
1: there and twiddle my thumbs.
3: (laughs) That's such a spoiler. For the next three episodes, Brandon has to (laughs) sit, just sit there, not have his mic on, and just listen to the three of us record. Yeah.
0: V 877 how many kinds of anthropomorphized animals does the OTA have on hand? Do they have like a whole division dedicated to working with or awakening animals? Is that where January's from?
1: Do, 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 do. It's animals in a prison. No!
0: First the daisy and now this.
3: There aren't animals in our prison, <laughs> but they all look at you. And I do want to say that, Brandon, I gave you a chance to redeem yourself as the mushroom horde looked Val in the eyes and <laughs> you saw it and you saw it upset that it was alive. Yep, I know. I know what you're doing. <laughs> After all the number of times I forced that on you, I forced it on someone else.
0: Um and a Goldfish on Insta. Is Hive married to Queen Bee? And I am would like to add, is Hive a worker bee of the Queen Bee? Ooh.
3: Ooh. Who can say? This is one of those things that I don't want to like tip my hand or anything but like you could have called them I guess. I know, it, but
2: it didn't like, occur to it me.
3: Kinda... It didn't occur to me. Yeah, it's like just one of those things.
0: Uh Lodge on Insta, what would have happened if the players had fallen into the void in Hopscotch? I don't want to think about it. Who can say? Who can say? That's a good question. Who can say? And a late addition from the question surgeon: What will the OTA officials think of an antique fridge in the broken elevator shaft? <laughs> great question.
2: Who could say? What
0: happens? To, yeah, that's like actually what happens to the things that Somalia pulls out of her body. That okay, I've been thinking about this. I think that they have like a twelve or twenty-four hour window of corporeality, and then they dissolve. Like I think with the with the trans. The um transference of energy and like mm-hmm. preservation of matter and stuff. Um, she can't be making it whole cloth out of nowhere. And something about the like twelve or twenty four hour cycle means that like she sleeps and regenerates like that. I don't know. That's kind of what I mm-hmm. think. Mm-hmm. I think they
2: just exist forever now. That's my theory. Julia,
3: what is it with um the that with Momo? That...
2: It just exists now.
3: It just exists. Yeah, now? that's very funny. That's why I she like has to eat your... so
2: much. Is because she's like physically creating the <laughs> objects. And she has to know the, like, scientific, like, breakdown. Like, you know what right. I mean?
3: Yeah, she, like, make literally uses, like, the carbon from her body to make it into stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. So that, I mean, that's what I have it based on. I like both of your head canons. I, I like both that it exists for 24 hours, and I both, both like it that it exists forever. Schrodinger's
1: fridge. hmm Yeah.
3: I just want to say, that's also why her, that's also why she has the cutouts all over her outfit.
1: It's very like fun. I know,
3: shout out to Marvel is that like they just fucking do that just for funsies, regardless. But that is specifically why there are cutouts all over her, all over the like tactical suits that she wears all the time. Mm-hmm.
0: And finally, uh, the folks that like to know the, the the bookies are are calling. Um, what are the odds in the Knight of Mirrors now? So <laughs> this is the fun thing that's been happening in Discord that I just wanted to close out the spoily Corner with, where people who really know math are running real odds and not real betting, by the way, uh, government, um, just just for fun odds on who the Knight of Mirrors is. Let's check in on the odds, please.
3: Sure. I want to give a special shout out to Maureen who's been running this. I also don't. I never understood how odds worked, and now I do. So <laughs> thank you so much for teaching me how that works, kind of like on a low-level low scale. So these are from 221. This is before the last episode came out, and there are, like, new odds coming together. The way Maureen does this is that, like, people need to fill it out on a Google Doc, and then by comparing the number of people who thought things... And then it becomes, like, statistically, what is what do the people betting think is the most likely thing to happen? And, of course, the less likely it is, the more money you would make on this. So here are the odds uh, while we're on here. It is Three to two, it's someone we haven't met yet. Mm. Lots of people think it's someone we haven't met yet, the Night of Mirrors.
0: And this is paramutual betting from Maureen, a, a person who knows math. Thank you, Maureen. Uh,
3: seven to two, it's Fritz Brightstone. Mm-hmm. Seven to one, it's Dez. Eight to one, it's Lucas. Uh, Twelve to one, someone we did meet at the gala, but not kind of on this list of other people uh, who we might have met at the gala in uh, on this odds betting Uh, 31 to 1 Hank Lane
0: (laughs) (laughs) which means like 3 or 4 people chose that yeah
3: 42 to 1 January also 42 to 1 Hitomi 64 to 1 Dr. Morrow and 129 to 1 Al Gore
1: I mean it's almost certainly Al Gore so I don't know what you guys are thinking
0: well Brandon if you were the person that voted that in theory on this
2: racetrack betting you would win big if it is Al Gore Uh, the person who voted that is on this call right now
3: (laughs) You voted Al Gore. No, I
2: thought you did.
3: No, I voted me. Oh, okay <laughs> Ma- Maureen removed me. I put Eric. And Maureen said, I Eric, I can't include you. And I'm like, I that's fine. I'm
2: gonna keep doing it. Never mind. Oh my
0: god. No,
3: mind. I didn't make it I didn't make it on the odds. But the real odds are that the next few episodes are gonna be hot fire, and I'm very excited for everyone. That's to hear true. It.
0: I will I will ask Eric, do you know who the Night of Mirrors is? And if you do, when when have you like since when have you known that?
3: I do know who the Night of Mirrors is. I'm not just. You're gonna, I'm not just like so. messing around. I'm not. I'm not just messing around. I know who it is, and
1: I've known who it is for a little while. You just like, and the Knight of Mirror takes off their helmet. And who do you guys think it is? <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> I, I could also say I roll, roll a d four. Here's
3: another thing. I didn't change who the Knight of Mirrors is. That's another thing I want to say. It has been the same person the entire time. So the the you I've given you all the clues, Batman. Riddle me this.
0: Oh, amazing! What an episode! What a life! What a podcast! Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, thank you, players, for playing. Thank you, Eric, for uh, for DMing. I can't wait to get to next week's episode.
2: Ooh. Yeah. Bye, guys. Later.
3: What do I say? I forget what I say.
0: Bye. <laughs> Every time it's just <laughs> goodbye. Bye.
1: Bye. <laughs> Hello? Mayor Is it hello? Trend. What do I say? Hello? <laughs> hello. Welcome to
3: welcome to party planning. The only thing where you have deviled eggs here at all times.
0: The uh. mayor rolls a trend ever upward. <laughs> Next season you'll do the sign-off. I forgot.
2: I forgot. <laughs> Bye. Ugh.
1: Like genuinely, oh, Lauren grinding coffee.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's is early Lauren the grinding over coffee? There.
3: Is Lauren grinding coffee the new Julia's train? It
2: is, I Might think. Be.
0: Hang on, well, Eric. What's that outside past the window? Is that an animal parade?
2: Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's go. On, let's go
3: around in a circle. We'll go Amanda, Julia, branded me. Okay
2: do 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 do
0: do 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 interim secret agent. caterpillar with a secret.
1: a frog with a tape machine.
3: do <laughs> raccoon PhD candidate. <laughs>
0: <laughs> animal parade! <laughs> it's an animal parade! <laughs> Eric and I do <laughs> that like four or five times a
2: week. I highly recommend it. There's a fucking siren. Hold on.
1: do 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 a dragon with a baseball card. Hedgehog
3: wearing playing playing cards, damn
0: it. I like it. Then you do it to
2: teeny me up.
3: Oh, do, 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 do.
2: A little cat with big pizza. do, 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 A bunny with Bitcoin. Nice. Animal parade. It's an animal parade. There it is. There's the parade.